0: You're listening to The Good GP, the podcast for busy GPs. Hello and welcome to The Good GP. I'm Sean Stevens and today I'm joined by our regular guest, Professor Paul Effler. Paul is the Senior Medical Advisor with the Communicable Disease Control Directorate at the WA Department of Health and also Clinical Professor at UWA. Welcome, Paul. Hey, thanks for having me. No, an absolute pleasure. Before we start, I need to mention that the information we present today is current as at Wednesday, the 17th of February, 2021, and you'll need to check for currency before acting on any of the advice. So, Paul, there's been a lot of conjecture about when the influenza vaccination season might start. Can you shed some light on this for us, please?
1: Sure. So, WA Health expects to get uh, significant shipments in the middle of March uh, of flu vaccines, And so we're intending on starting to ship out uh, in the 23rd of March uh, to GP practices. That'll be the earliest we've ever shipped, just by a few days. But we think it's important to start the flu vaccinations as quickly as possible uh, so that we're not overlaying with potential COVID vaccinations uh, in the same time. To the extent that we can avoid it, we'd like to.
0: Great. That makes sense. And we're talking to a national audience here. Do you know if that's the same in other states?
1: I think they will all probably be um, shipping early uh, with the idea to to start vaccinations early. That's the understanding I have informally from other jurisdictions.
0: Great. Now, Paul, there's been some evolving advice around the timing between influenza vaccine and the COVID vaccine. Can you please tell us what the current state of play is?
1: Sure. Uh, the Australian Technical Advisory Group on Immunizations is considered this in detail. And essentially, they went back to the studies for both the Pfizer and AstraZeneca vaccine. And in the Pfizer study, you had to have a 14-day exclusion period from uh, any other vaccine to be included in that study. And for AstraZeneca, that was seven days. So what the, what they've done in Australia with Atagi is decided to be conservative and say, ideally, we'd like a 14-day interval between any vaccine, including flu vaccine, and a COVID vaccination. Doesn't matter which one goes first, um, but they'd like that 14-day uh, interval to be there. Now, the question comes up is is Why? Um, because there, and Atagi discusses this in detail on her on a document on her website. If you want to look for it, they say really there's no reason to believe there would be interference of one of these vaccines against the other, as they're both inactivated vaccines. And I guess the major issue is to try and make sure if you had an adverse event that you would be able to uh, know which one it was due to, uh, rather than if you gave them at the same time. So that's their prudent advice. However, they do say if, if there were a situation, if epidemiology would change and we would be having a lot of influenza potentially or even COVID and it was imperative to get people vaccinated quickly, you could consider giving them at closer intervals and even co-administering them if you had to.
0: All right. Yep, that makes sense. So, Paul, tell us what's likely to happen for GPs with the rollout in phases 1B and 2
1: well, in, initially, the Commonwealth is going to select certain GP sites, as you know, to provide the uh, COVID vaccinations. But as we go forward and more vaccine becomes available, and we just heard recently that the AstraZeneca vaccine is, is being bottled now in, in Melbourne at the CSL plant, and, and we expect uh, substantial numbers of that vaccine to come down the pipeline pretty quickly, I think our goal should be to move that out to all GP sites. That uh, that want to to vaccinate, and the reason I say that is, uh, apart from the fact it'll come in a multi-dose vial, the AstraZeneca vaccine can be stored at two to eight degrees centigrade and and used the way vax you know vaccines are normally used in a GP practice. So to me. The advantage of having so many GPs be able to reach their patients and provide them with uh, protection uh, is is really worth going after.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think the other thing there is that if you're seeing your regular GP, it's also a great opportunity to do a lot of the other preventative health stuff that can get missed in a pandemic
1: yeah, absolutely. And there's, and there's lots of good reasons for warning patients to go back to their regular GP. They know the patient. They know later on if they have a reaction, whether it's likely to be something significant. Um, so there's, there's just a lot of benefits.
0: Definitely. Finally, we know that this vaccine program is effective enough to allow people to form antibodies. How long is it going to be before we can actually travel overseas and have overseas visitors come back to Australia?
1: Well, that's a really good question um, because we know that you know the Pfizer vaccine in particular has this 95 percent effectiveness in the clinical trial, Um, but how that will translate to protection in real life isn't isn't exactly known. But I think more importantly, uh, we have to recognize that even 95 percent is not going to create sterilizing immunity probably. And the way I I look at it is this: for diseases that you get once in your life and you never get again. Uh, like uh, measles or uh, smallpox when it was uh, still existed, we can create vaccines that mimic natural infection and, and give you immunity that is very long-lasting and may be permanent. But we've already seen with COVID, people can get reinfected, and it's not a great number over this time, but it leads me to believe that the protection that we get from vaccination while will be good and it will be fantastic that keeps people from getting seriously ill, it's unlikely to be effective enough where it stops transmission completely. So I think we have to get our heads around, and I'm saying this as a as an adjunct uh, professor uh, more than a a government employee, I think we have to get our heads around the fact um, that we may not be able to completely stop transmission and we're gonna have to live with COVID. And what we're doing with our immunization program is really trying to decrease the number of people that get seriously ill and make sure our hospitals can provide the best care, uh, you know, should somebody acquire it. That's still a very uh, achievable and fantastic goal but it may fall short of some people's current expectations of just wiping out the pandemic from the face of the earth.
0: Mm, Shame. Looks like we're going to be living with it for a while. Well, Paul, look, on behalf of all West Australians and indeed all of Australia, thank you so much for all the work that you and and people like yourself are doing. And um, please keep finding a good fight and no doubt we'll be talking more. So thank you. We appreciate your time.
1: Fantastic, Sean. Thanks for having me.